uh, Thomas Wayne for one, you know, very important reason, asked him to be that. If you were, you know, the richest man on earth, why would you ask, you know, a, an East End guy from the services to, to be, you know, the, the legal guardian to your son and heir, your only son? And it's because he's uh, he's he's a, a protectorate. He's trustworthy, and he's you know he'll do anything for the boy. Welcome to a very special episode of Gotham TV Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John. And I'm Derek. Uh, And this week, we have a very special guest joining us in the pod booth, so to speak. Um, And that is Sean Pertwee, who plays Alfred Pennyworth on Gotham. Hi, Sean. Hi, how are you doing? Not too bad, yourself? Yeah, no, very good. Very good. Excellent. Great to have you on board. Thank you. Last time we spoke to to one another, it was at a, a round table at New York Comic Con. That's right. Yeah, and you were mentioning the really interestingly about a, a character bible that you had done for Alfred and how he came into the Wayne service. And we've seen a bit of that past with uh, your your gunslinging episode there. Um, with episodes nine and ten, uh, yeah. will any more of this past from from the Bible be brought up in future episodes of Gotham? Yeah, no, I, I very much. So. I think we'll start to, um, to a certain degree, you'll learn about um, his past. You know, things things that have sort of moulded him, um, and sort of emotionally into the Alfred that you know, things that have uh, deeply and, and darkly affected him, and um, and. Possibly the reasons for his sort of fastidiousness and, and cossetedness. So you'll definitely start to see where where he comes from. I think is the best way of putting it. Excellent, excellent, absolutely. Um, so another another kind of callback to to some of the earlier episodes that we've that we've had. We uh, in the episode Viper, there was, we kind of saw a bit of the the darker underside of of Wayne Enterprises and the kind of things that could threaten the young Bruce Wayne. Um, with Alfred kind of being tasked as the guardian and protector for for Bruce, um, how does he deal with these kind of threats to the Wayne's name and the Wayne family? Well, I think the thing is, he, I mean, he very much blames himself for the demise of of, the, of Thomas and Martha Wayne, and this is where the sort of the pseudo lacks of oath starts to become evidence in his sort of protectiveness towards the young master B. I mean, you know, he he uh, he's severely threatened by any any threat towards Bruce and. Um, I mean, he was, he was a he was a valet and he was a protectorate and and a confidant for for Thomas Wayne, mm-hmm. and so therefore he's privy to an awful lot of inside information, a lot more than I think that people actually realise. And um, so so he's very he, he's very aware that the, there is a threat that is sort of that is uh, concealed uh, within Wayne Enterprises. So he's mm-hmm. extremely aware of that fact. Um, so yeah, so so he's aware of it. He tries to steer him away from him, and when, of course, his interest starts to be pricked and peaked, you know, he becomes um, concerned. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting you talk about threats and protection. Um, and we've seen um, you play military roles in the past, such as Sergeant Harry G. Wells in um, The yeah. Excellent Dog Soldiers, which uh, we both really enjoy as as horror fans, but also as... Smith in Event Horizon, another um, 
uh, weak spot of mine is Event Horizon. Um, Sam Neill, I could never look at him again. Um, after after that, um, your your version of Alfred has also got that kind of military uh, background and is pretty pretty handy now with a gun, as we saw in episode ten. Um, yeah. How much do you bring any of those previous experiences from those roles, such as in Dog Soldiers uh, and Event Horizon, um, to the character of Alfred? Well, uh, you know, the thing is, I, was, I mean, I, I was I was lucky enough a long time ago now to actually spend some time at the Kill House in Herefordshire, which is um, the Royal Military Police sort of station, and then uh, where the mm-hmm. SAS train and I was trained with tracking and, and sort of survival techniques by the great Lockheed Wiseman. And I spent time in a kill house, which is um, basically acting as a bodyguard, which I did a series called Bodyguards a long time ago. So a lot of that was drawn from that. I mean, you, you learn sort of interesting sort of traits and skills about even things that we consider to be relatively simple, which is just is how to, you know, how to, you know, how to observe the situation that you're in and how to look. You see that it's very easy to just to scan a room, but there's a way of scanning a room. So I was lucky enough to have that kind of sort of backbone training from actually from the special services that um, that are responsible for looking after the great and the good in, in our country. So I've, I've had some experience with that element and spending time in the kill house where you you, have, you, have to, you walk around this building with your principal and you have to get them out of the way. So this is you know, it's all stuff that I drew from. From, from my Alfred, basically, is the, that was one of the main sort of the physical aspects of our, our, our interpretation of him. Excellent, excellent. That definitely, definitely is coming across. As you, I'm sure you've seen the uh, the photographs of you mocked up as uh, as James Bond after that episode of. Uh, yeah, I, know, of, I love that. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, ex- excellent fun. Um, it is it's totally as 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 well described as the kick arse Alfred that uh, that you you told us in in New York Comic Con. Uh, that is that is the kick arse Alfred that we've seen so far. What kind of things have made Alfred lose his composure? What kind of things do you think turn, pulls him over the edge? Oh, the myriad of things. As, you know, he's going back on one's word, bullying, lying, disrespect, not looking one's you know not looking in your eye, laziness, slubberness. Um, injustice, violence to the young and the innocent, and personal, uh, you know, personal hygiene, uh, <laughs> oh, not, 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 and actually not warming the teapot as well. That's <laughs> very important. So, exactly. Selena Kyle, very, very right? important. Is it is it builders' tea that you like, Sean? Or no, no, it's, it's, it's more of a blend actually. A bit of Latsang, a bit of Assam. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things I suppose that the whole military experience doesn't necessarily um, sort of train you for has been the the domestic situation I suppose that you found yourself in Wayne Manor um, sort yeah. of, and certainly there's also an element of tape having orders being um, shouted at you by a younger obviously the younger master Wayne and um, you know how has that been to um, to deal with? And certainly, there's some be some great fun about um, Alfred's parenting techniques um, on Twitter and and online. Um, how's that been to to adjust? Uh, well, you know, it's, uh, on the contrary, really, I think you know, in many respects, um, being in the military, which is always beginning to learn and people are beginning to realise. You know, you are institutionalized, so it's a sort of the, the natural progression. You know, and also the fact that his father, 
and uh, in our Bible, his father Jarvis was the the, uh, the Batman to Thomas Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that sort of sense to that sense of cossetedness and, and fastidiousness, and he's, it helps him quell Alfred's wild style, you know, which is his Alfredness, which we which we have witnessed now. And I think it's, you'll start to see later on in the second half of the season what I'm talking about. I don't want to give too much away, but it, it's it's something that is, is aiding him. And um, he's, he has a very dark soul and a dark past. So so in many respects, it's aided him to, to have that fastidiousness. You know? so, and also, I mean, the only, the only quandary, of course, is bringing up a child. I mean, he never signed on the cross line to basically be a father. But uh, Thomas yeah. Wayne, for one, you know, very important reason, asked him to be that. If you were, you know, the richest man on earth, why would you ask, you know, a, an East End guy from the services to, to be, you know, the, the legal guardian to your son and heir, your only son? And it's because he's, uh, he's, he's a, a protectorate. He's trustworthy and he's, you know, he'll do anything for the boy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely seen that so far. Um, we did throw a, a question out to some of our some of our listeners to see if we could get some questions into them for, and into yeah. us for you. Um, and we got our we got our first question from uh, Irene Ryan, one of our listeners who uh, has loved you since cult feet. She says. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, so she wanted to know: Did you expect to portray Alfred this way when you got the when you got the role when it was set up for you? Did you, did you expect him to play play him this way, or did you expect him more as the classic English? butler or a gentleman? No, it's a decision that we were, we were very definite about, and Bruno was very definite about, that he always wanted to represent the, the, the common man. You know, he felt that, you know, that it cuts it cuts through so many things, uh, and, uh, and so uh, it cuts through the, 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 the sort of the tape um, and through the formality. Uh, and he thought that, you know, he saw that as a very sort of important factor in the sort of in, in the growth of Bruce to give him the flip side of the coin of what really the world is about. So it was a way of, of, of using that. So that was our decision from the beginning was, uh, to, to represent a common man. Excellent. Excellent. We've, we've already kind of talked about tea uh, and warming the teapot, but um, one, of the, one of the scenes we really enjoyed on Gotham was um, Jim Gordon's puzzled face in the GCPD <laughs> precinct when um, Alfred talks about tea time, um, and we thought this was really, really funny. Um, and so we wondered whether you could sort of describe to our American listeners exactly maybe what is tea time. Um, <laughs> It's, it's actually true because that actually was born out of a complete reality because he was totally flummoxed. It's, uh, it is actually four o'clock. Um, you know, there's, there's many different variants of tea. You tip in, you have high tea, but four o'clock, you know, you for the, sort of the finger, cucumber sandwiches and, and scones and things like that. But, um, if you're me, two times any time. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it was interesting because it reminded me also of in Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, where one of the hobbits talks about second breakfast, and mm-hmm. it sort of s- s- spins out into elevenses and brunch and so on. Absolutely. There's many many uh, British uh, people involved in the show. There's quite a there's quite a, a high contingent of you with uh, with Aaron Richards, with Bruno Heller, with Danny Cannon, um, yourself, right. obviously. Um, what, what's I the camaraderie like? I, like saw, yeah, I, would, I sort of saw, I loved something in terms of the Brits. Oh no, you haven't seen that, I can't tell you. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. 
No, no, rats. I'll tell you that another time. It was a very funny thing actually seeing that Bruno slipped in, which I hadn't noticed in the week through, and I actually saw it on the TV the other day. Take it. Oh, very, Sorry, so what very good. Say, what were you going to say? We'll, ha- we'll have to have a good, a, a good hard look at the next half of the season, as we as we always do to find that <laughs> little clue. <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, just generally the, the 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 Brits. There's quite a quite a lot of quite a lot of our side of the world on the, on Gotham. Is there is there a different kind of feeling on the show, or is there a bit of camaraderie between the uh, the English actors that are on there with Andrew Stewart Jones, Aaron Richards, yourself? And then, uh, no, and then the obviously thing, the, the thing is scenes. that we, we are we're an extraordinarily uh, I mean, you probably guys have probably heard all this many many times before, but we actually literally are one of the sort of tightest sort of ships and companies that I've ever worked on. It, um, mm. the, the, you know, we, we are we're all extremely fond of each other, and there's you no know, prima donnas. We're, we're very close, all of us, and um, and it's it's a really sort of unfussy. Really, rather wonderful sort of work experience, which is a lovely bunch. You know, socially we see each other. They're just a good, great crew, great bunch. Excellent, excellent. Um, one, one other one. So you, you are now the twelfth actor to portray Alfred across the course of all the animated films and movies and video games. But there's one more on his way, which is Jeremy Irons, about to play a bit of an yeah. older version of uh, of Batman versus uh, in Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. I think that's the full, the full title for that. Um, I know you wouldn't have gotten a huge amount of advice from some of the previous actors that pr- played Alfred, and know you have a huge amount of respect for them. If you were to give some advice to Jeremy Irons about taking on the role, what would it be? Well, to, to my advice to Jeremy Iron. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh Lord! I know. I have no. I have no advice. I've no, no idea which direction to sort of go. Going with it, I you know. I, I don't know. I think the thing is, it's. it's um, I don't know. I, I, I have no advice. You know, he's, he's a fantastic actor, but mm-hmm. I wish him the best. And I, I, I'm waiting with bated breath to see what he does. So there you go. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we. Sort of in the first half up to episode 10, we've also kind of seen um, Alfred then begin to accept Bruce's investigative kind of skills. Kind of sort of definitely in uh, the episode Viper, which was one of our, our favorites. Do you think this is um, the start of it, more a partnership between Bruce and, uh, and Alfred that ultimately leads to that Batman um, relationship between uh, the Batman and, and Alfred? Or... Was it more sort of that early on in, in the series, maybe Alfred trying to just simply placate the young Bruce um, to this kind of obsession that he had wound himself up uh, into? And how would this kind of affect their relationship moving forward, this um, this acceptance of, of Bruce and, and his different roots that he's exploring as a, as a younger kid? I just think it's uh, um, it's uh, a relationship starts definitely. I, I think that mm-hmm. now that a son called um, teenage son called Alfred, and it's it's just a, it's a way for for our Alfred and Bruce to begin a dialogue, to begin a way of communicating, to find like a common cause, mm-hmm. um, and one that sort of influences each of their characters. Because later on, you learn you know, Alfred learns as much from from Bruce. As, as the other way around, you know, uh, Alfred learns an understanding that, you know, that can, an understanding that continues throughout their lives. It's a, it's, it's a very important factor in their relationship. You need to find the hook to, and it's something that they both, they sit, they sit around the table and they find a way of communicating. Um, he's not his father, 
you know, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's valet, but it's sort of, it's, their, their relationship changes at that precise moment where they find a common cause. They dialogue. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a, a, yeah. a very interesting moment between the two, definitely. Um, ben McKenzie spoke to us at, at New York Comic Con as well, and he, he did sp- specifically speak about the, the battle between the two former military uh, officers or two former military um, soldiers uh, uh, about the, the, the battle over Bruce's soul between both Jim and Jim and Alfred, um, with Jim taking a bit of a softer approach to, to kind of handling them with a little bit more kid gloves. And uh, and obviously Alfred kind of handling it in a bit of a different way. Um, is there any resentment of, between Alfred and Jim over uh, over the the relationship that's forming between between Bruce and Jim? No, um, not at all. I think there's a, there's a there's an innate um, mistrust. Um, there's a mistrust of a of perverse authority, you know, of people that have yeah. ulterior motives, um, um, or ulterior motives. Sorry. Uh, and Mr. Benson's one of one of mutual protectiveness between between Jim and Alfred, and, and it then slowly builds to a to a mutual respect between. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because at the centre of um, of Jim and uh, and Alfred, there is um, David Mazous who's playing uh, Bruce Wayne. He's given us really a glimpse of a really intelligent and focused young uh, Bruce Wayne, and we're starting to see you know, his leadership qualities uh, come out. How how does Alfred you know handle these changes um, that Bruce is experiencing, and also? Can you tell us a bit more about working with David Mazous? Because, um, sorry, David Mazous, because he's really plays an excellent. We we've really enjoyed his portrayal of the young Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean David is like he's an an extraordinary talent. You know, his his focus is is without that something to behold. And, and I think this this sort of this uh, this focus transposes into. Alfred and Bruce's relationships, you know, it sort of, it, it, um, sort of quells the, the, the fury that Alfred's got. Um, in fact, they both, they both have, they both suffer from, they're both damaged goods, they both suffer from post, you know, traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and, um, yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. He's extraordinary, Debbie, and it's an absolute pleasure every day to work with the guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about the wider cast, so what we really saw in episode ten was a lot more of of, uh, of your character moving out into the city of Gotham and, and spending some time with you know actors like Drew Powell and Jada Pinkett Smith and a great partnership with Donald Logue uh, in in episode ten. What was it like, kind of moving out of the the confines of Wayne Manor and and, and working in the city? <laughs> yeah, of Gotham? yeah, I've got to say <laughs> it, was a, it was an absolute complete blast. It really was. I mean, as Donald said, <laughs> and like you said in sort of previous interviews, you know, you know, it was it was a it was really great to release sort of the Alfredness onto Gotham. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was, it, was, uh, it really was. It was just an extraordinary experience. And to work with this caliber of actors that we work with, you know, every day on our show, and, and to meet three quarters of them in one episode, mm-hmm. and to be able to start with the, the beautiful Jada so Pinkett Smith, you know, Fish Mooney. It was uh, an absolute, you know, honor. And it was a pleasure to get out of that bloody study as well, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was, That's that was a huge. The classical, I have to say, was getting out the study. No, but it was it was a, it was great. You know, it was, a, it was a great episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, like I said, because I guess a team up. There's a kind of a sort of a an acceptance between Donald and 
and um, uh, you know, between Bullock and, and Alfred, which I never saw coming. The mm-hmm. fact that they're both yeah. straight shooters, they both look at, you know, they're both, you know, they, 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 they say how it is. And I thought that was a very interesting pairing. Again, things like that is where Bruno's writing so brilliantly. You don't see it often. Um, yeah. on the page. Sometimes you miss it on the page when you're, when you stand it up and you're doing it and you're in this sort of zone. It's, I, I found that natural pairing really interesting. Um, I hope I get to do more with him. And, uh, and also then, of course, the bizarre thing was with, with Fish Mooney was, was, I don't know where that sort of came from. I mean, Jada was, was literally surprised as I was. There was sort of this, <laughs> sort of, I've got to say, it's a slight sexual pre-song between Alfred and Fish. <laughs> which we weren't really aware of. <laughs> so it just sort of happened. Yeah. So that was fun, you know. And, um, you know, I yeah. got to work with Butch and everyone, so it was great. It was a, it was a great episode. You know. May there be many more like that episode. It sounds like Alfred had some cabin fever, maybe, um, in Wayne Manor. That's, yeah, that, that'll trap wind, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of that uh, moving out into the the wider world of Gotham, and one of the interesting things is, you know, how are those scenes shot? Because you know, for the majority of the first half of uh, the season, um, yourself and David Mazous have been almost exclusively at Wayne Manor, and then you begin to interact with there was Cole Vallis who played Tommy Elliot. Um, Cameron Bikendova obviously came into Wayne Manor and then there was obviously episode 10 where you got to play with Donal Logue and Drew Powell and, and Jada Pinkett Smith in the wider world. Are these scenes, um, what's the technicalities of these? You know, are these scenes shot out of order with the rest of the filming for the same episode? No, I mean, um, it's, it's just one of, one of the, the interesting factors and one of the sort of uh, great factors of, of working with David so so closely is that we shoot consecutively. So mm-hmm. so we you know our narrative is is we always feel it's quite strong and feels quite fresh whenever we sort of approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the sort of the sort of maelstrom of uh, and the confusion that is Gotham is is brought to us. You know why would we know what's happening in the back alleys of Gotham? So it's brought to us. So so it seems quite fresh. So although. Sometimes you feel slightly alienated because we're stuck in the manor. It, you know, it does, it's brought to us, so it, it's real. So we're lucky that we shoot consecutively like that. Um, for some of the other guys that shoot, you know, virtually every day, people, you know, like, like Ben and Donald and things like that, it must get quite confusing because we have tandem days, but we're lucky that we shoot very consecutively, which very rarely happens, especially on something yeah. of this sort of magnitude. So, as you know, obviously, better than most, uh, everyone has, for one reason or another, their favourite Doctor from Doctor Who. Uh, in the world of Gotham, there have been many actors who played Batman. Do you have a particular favourite? Yeah. Oh, that's unfair. I mean, I, I think one, <laughs> so, all, all, okay, here we go. And, uh, all of them have got their, their attributes, but I'd say one thing that I bet they wished they'd seen David play the origin. I think that's the okay. correct way of saying well, it. I think yeah. the thing is that his sort of intensity uh, is thoroughly believable. And I think that um, um, it would have been great for all of the Batmans to have seen where he came from. Excellent. I'm sure I'm hopeful that, uh, that Ben Affleck is Ben <laughs> Affleck is hopefully tuning in and learning some lessons for his for his portrayal of Batman coming up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, as well, um, another question from one of our listeners, and who is also um, a big Hoovian, um, is from one of our listeners, Doug Green. Um, he he asks, you are clearly very proud of your father, John Pertwee's legacy. How has he influenced yeah. your acting career, and has he had any influence on your acting style? Um, I would say I'd have to say that not necessarily, because I was I was trained classically. Um, mm-hmm. My father spent a lot of time in theatre, but vaudeville really was his sort of background, which everybody did, um, and radio. And uh, but then I sort of moved very sort of smartly on into sort of bloody violence and gangsterism and then science fiction. <laughs> you have sort of common grounds with. Um, but I, you know, what's alarming to me, not alarming, but in a very positive way, and back to my mother and my sister and, and people that knew my father, is that my mannerisms are becoming incredible, I'm incredibly like my father. I move like my father, and, um, and I have my father's nose. So that's something that, <laughs> <laughs> that I have learned from him, to have his nose. But no, in answer to your question, it's, I've never, no, yeah, no, that's, that's basically it. I think it's, uh, uh, no, that's it. That's my answer. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And we do love the photograph of you dressed up as the third doctor. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Like <laughs> fantastic Halloween moment. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Neil Marshall, uh, director of Dog Soldiers, who we, uh, as we mentioned earlier on, we adore his uh, his his that movie. Uh, he's also gotten huge acclaim for for working on Game of Thrones. Um, his his episodes seem to be ones that come around every season, and everybody's excited for those episodes. Um, he's also worked on on Constantine, another DC TV show. Uh, would you like to work with him again on Gotham? No, no, that's I'd love it. You know, you know, one of the most enjoyable experiences I've ever had is actually working with Neil on 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 Dogs. Um, mm-hmm. you no, know, I, 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 I sincerely hope he would, he would actually come over and do one, and it'd be brilliant. Yeah, no, I just, I'd, I'd love him to come, come and play. It'd be brilliant. He's a fantastic person. He's been so well, and I, I love his work now as well. So, you know, so Shane never got to do dogs too, really. But again. That's that's true. Yeah. That's true. It was a was a, a real pity, but um, but yeah, wouldn't it be great to see his his version of uh of taking on Alfred and Bruce for uh, for an entire episode? It would be fantastic. Wouldn't oh, that'd be fantastic. That would be fantastic. That'd be a dream come true. <laughs> For the second half of the the season, so from episode eleven for for us still, we're waiting um, and waiting, and we can't wait for it to come back on uh, on TV over here. Well, but are there any well, snippets? You on you on ten? Are you now? What are you on? Yeah, we're on ten up to right. episode ten. Was it Lovecraft? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. And. Uh, we wondered, um, are there any snippets from that second half of the season from episode 11 onwards that you are excited about for the audience to see? And I suppose the American audience are getting to, um, look at at the moment. Um, and any of those moments that you would like to share with, um, our listeners? Yeah, no, I mean, there is one in particular which actually airs on, on, on Monday here. Um, and it's episode mm-hmm. 17, uh, where, Basically, one of the one of one of the elements of the story is that um, Alfred's past turns up on the doorstep in the rain in the form of um, uh, David O'Hara, who's one of the very extremely old friend of mine. I was at the RSC him 20 years ago, um, and his past turns up on the door, and the plot unfolds. I can't say any more because it would ruin it. But it's it's a, a, for me it was a it was a, it's an extremely different episode because. You, you learn an awful lot about 
why uh, Alfred is the way that he is, and you learn about it slightly what you learn about his past and what he's capable of and what happened to him. So for me, that was a, a great experience in working with Dave and David. Is a is a real uh, joy, and, and it's, it's a very different, it's a very different episode for 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 me as an actor. So that's what I'm very excited by. I haven't seen it yet. It's coming out on Monday, so episode 17 is is, a, is, a, is an important one. Excellent. So we we expect you to be uh, to be live tweeting that one, I guess. Yeah, that, that sounds really intriguing. Looking yeah. forward to that now. Yeah. Excellent. Um, as you experienced at New York Comic Con and, and we did, we were kind of blown away by the, uh, by the fandom that was at, uh, at New York Comic Con when we were there, um, our, as yeah. our first experience of a Comic Con. Um, you kind of experienced the amount of people geeking out over Gotham. The, the audience reaction to, uh, to, to you guys was pretty amazing. What kind of stuff do you geek out about? What's your, what's your passion? Um, well, I mean, you know, art is one of my passions. I grew up in the Beefer. My father was a huge, Lover of art, and I, I actually opened a gallery in um, Soho in London. Um, so that's something that I, I'm a collector of art. So something that I care deeply about, and I'm fascinated by, especially sort of English contemporary art or contemporary art, basically. And um, film, you know, I live in the capital. You know, well, it's not the capital of America, but it feels like it when you're in New York. And I, I <laughs> it's a terrible guilty pleasure, depending on my mood. I will literally see anything. I love going to the cinema. It's one of my deep passions. I, I love it. I will watch anything depending on my mood. Anything, anything particularly in the cinema that stood out to you over the last while? Things like Bert. I mean, I absolutely love Birdman and um, yeah. Burn Hotel and things. You know, the, the ones that are basically nominated, all of them are nominated. But um, I love, I love Birdman. But it's just genius. I love the Kingsman as well. I mean, it's a genre movie. I thought it was brilliant. So it's great seeing, you know. The boys like Mark Strong and Colin Firth be so brilliant again. I love that movie. So it's hilarious. Especially if you miss home when you're over here. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we also we we asked a, an unusual question when we spoke last to um, Victoria Cartagena and Andrew Stuart Jones, who play obviously Renny Montoya and Crispus Allen on Gotham. Um, and we wanted to ask um, if Gotham TV podcast were to show up on the doorstep of Wayne Manor, how would Alfred deal with these two visitors to Gotham from Ireland? Well, I mean, first of all, how did you get to the door? And, uh, <laughs> and secondly, I'd grasp you firmly by the elbow and I'd walk you very smartly to the gates and I might even show you my commando knife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You could set the dogs on us as well. Yeah, well, no, I don't need dogs, mate. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So one final question for you. While we have you, as we mentioned earlier on, we're huge fans of, of Event Horizon and judging by uh, by the most recent Christopher Nolan film, Interstellar, he's a huge fan as well. Uh, any tales from the making of Event Horizon you want you, you could share with us? Um, no, but it was, I mean, it was a sort of seminal moment as a young man. Was, I think there's a cast of them, I think six of us. You know, mm-hmm. um, the fantastic Chris Byrne and, and Kathleen Quinn and Sam, you know, Jason Isaacs is a very old friend of mine and and the crew, um, and, and you know, really, those were the days. I mean, I think it was sort of seventy-five million dollar movie. We were shooting on the Bond stage. It was quite early on in my film career. It's lit by Adrian Biddle. Um, you know, there's the story. The stories abound. You know, that was a that was a time in my life. Really, you know, it was an extraordinary experience. 
I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. I think it warrants the fact that it's still got legs and people still like it. You know, it's, uh, um, I think I still find it creepy. And, um, you know, there's, yeah. there's comparisons still drawn from sunshine to interstellar and things like that. I think that it definitely, you know, it carved, it sort of carved its own niche. And I still find it spooky, weirdly enough, you know, and I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that film. I'm a big fan of Alien as well, and I think it captures that space horror really well. Um, and as I said earlier on, I think for me, Sam Neill um, as well was I was shocked because then I think I saw him on Jurassic Park, where he was a completely different yeah. character. Uh, and it, but it was um, it's an excellent film. Um, so thanks for um, just telling us a few bits and bobs about your time there. That's great. Excellent. Um, thank you very much for joining us, uh, Sean. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, I think the next time we, uh, we'll hopefully see you over this side of the world and we'll be able to buy you a pint. Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Well, that was our interview with Sean Pertry. We really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Loved it. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did. I uh, just wanted to say a quick thanks to the people who helped to make that happen, to Holly, to Mark, and to Brendan. Uh, your involvement was uh, was really important to us, and obviously another huge t- thank you to Sean Pershry. Yeah, thank you so much for your time given to us. It's really, really generous. Thank you. And one more point of business for this episode, I think, John? Yes, that's right. So we've got another competition, and this time a chance to win a signed penguin print uh, by Christopher Uminga. Um, It's a great bit of um, artwork. We'll put a picture of it up on our website um, and give additional details on our competition section of the website. But this competition is for the best feedback um, on any episode of Gotham from episode 11 till the end of the season, and also for any um, reviews, the best review that we get. Obviously, all reviews are good, and it really helps us to um, sort of develop the show and respond to you guys. But any um, review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Player FM. So you can send any comments and feedback through uh, email to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or of course leave your review um, on iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Yep, and just to make sure that we uh, that we see the review, if you can pop us on a quick email after you've put up your review on iTunes, we do check them, but uh, there are many different countries on iTunes, so if you leave it in your own country, we may not see it, but just pop us on an email after you've done it and we can... Uh, We'll we'll be able to see it then. So, um, so thanks very much. Uh, really good to really good to uh, to talk to Sean Persby and really good to uh, to kick off our competition. Uh, competition will run to the end of season one uh, as we start to get new episodes on that. So you'll have loads of time to leave your feedback or or leave us a review on iTunes. Exactly. Uh, thanks again to Sean Pertwee. And I think on that note, I think it's tea time. Yes, it is. Maybe we'll have some scones. Or scones. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon. Bye.